0: Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. I'm jumping into a message today that I have called uh, Don't Forget to Be Thankful. So, um, where it's a message, obviously about gratitude. I'm just going to give away the message straight away. The message is God calls us to a life of thankfulness. All right? So I could pray and wrap up there. Um, some people are like, yes, that would be so good. Uh, but I've got, a, I've got a bit more for you this morning. I was uh, talking with my kids yesterday. I walked in the kitchen and I was sitting there I said, Dad, uh, what, are you, what are you preaching on this weekend? I said, I'm preaching on gratitude, like thankfulness. And they both just, in an instance, they said to me, Dad, thank you so much for preparing that message and for what you're going to bring. And I said, Oh, you, you guys are great. And I said, Well, thank you for saying thank you. I <laughs> know, oh, that's lame. All right. Um, <laughs> don't forget to be thankful. Let me just read some scripture for you this morning. Uh, Colossians. it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Already this morning we've been talking about unity, what it looks like as we come together to have unity in the house. And I love this picture of what it looks like. Can you imagine if we were marked by a gratitude, if people who came into this space we're just like they were confronted or overwhelmed with like everyone we talk to is just so grateful. There is just this spirit of gratitude in this house. To me, that sounds like an environment, a community that I want to be a part of. That sounds energizing to me. First Thessalonians 5. We've just come out of this prayer series. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I want to put you to work this morning. Before I go any further, I want you to take a minute to turn to the person next to you. And I know that's scary. Like some people have just been like, what? We have to talk to someone? It's okay. It'll be all right. Just turn the person next to you. And I want you to share three things that you're grateful for from this past week okay there's a little warm-up exercise for you ready set go all right how are we going we good three things hard or easy how are people hard easy who thinks you think it's hard who thinks it's easy to find three things great well that's good awesome You know what, I I think the reality is that sometimes it doesn't always seem easy. Like sometimes we can go through phases where it's easy to see the things that we're not grateful for. In all honesty, I was um, was down in Melbourne recently and I I shared a little bit here, but I was coming home, it was a Friday night and I'd organised to get to the airport early to spend some time with my cousin. I was flying here to Brisbane. She was flying into Sydney. And uh, as soon as we walked into the airport, we realised that there was something bad going on. And what had happened is that there was this global IT outage and uh, all the computers had just shut down. It was really bizarre. I felt like, you know know how there's all those ticketing, those bag ticketing machines at the door? Usually, they had these big green lights on the top of them and they'd all gone red. And I felt like I was in a sci-fi movie and maybe the robots were about to take over. (laughs) Like this was just turning bad. And anyway, Dan just swings into action. I think this is okay. It's going to get fixed in no time, right? So I went and I found one of these ticketing machines that was free. Uh, Mind you, there's there's already about 1,000 people jammed into this check-in area. And uh, it's starting to get a bit crazy. Like no one knows what's going on. I find this ticketing machine and I just take my seat, and my plan is that they're going to reboot the system, and as soon as that light turns green, then I'm just going to print out my my bag tag, stick it on there, and I'm out of here, right? So I sit down there at my ticketing machine, and I sat there for the next five hours, and and it was it was cold. I was sick. It's like uh, it's like marble stone floor, and it was cold. And I was sick. And uh, just anything that could go wrong in that situation went wrong. And here I was, and I was like, Dan, like this is a gift. You've got some time, right? Let's just see this as really positive. And so I just like I was I was I was really trying, you know, to fight this mental battle. And I thought, like, what what's what's some good in this? There were some people sitting right next to me. Uh, one lady had this box of macaroons that she'd picked up that she was taking home and I kind of saw that she'd already actually taken two. <laughs> and and I was starving and so I, I struck up a conversation with this woman I said like... <laughs> how good are your macaroons? I didn't get a macaroon. Anyway, and there was another lady near me. She was really chatty and stuff. Uh, there was a drunk lady near me and she really wanted to go and get a drink at the bar. And that was a bit scary, but I got through that as well. Um, I was just trying to make the best out of this situation, right? And just say, well, Lord, here I am. I've got this time. It's an unknown period of time. I'll just relax and enjoy this, right? Meanwhile, you know, we've got to wear masks, you know, down in Melbourne and things like that. It's a bit of a pain. And then uh, anyone would think, well, that's cool. Like, I have my phone. I even have my laptop, right? My phone battery is going flat. And my ticket information is on my phone, right? So I can't use my phone because I don't want it to go flat. And I can't charge my phone. I'm stuck at this ticket machine. I think, well, that's cool, got my laptop. YouTube, right? Free Wi-Fi in the airport. Well, anyone who's actually tried that knows that the, well, the Wi-Fi drops out like every two minutes. And uh, and it's not like it just reconnects. It's like, you know, you've got to put all your personal information back in again. So that didn't last long. Anyway, so five hours, I sat there eventually... I hear in the distance, my flight gets called. I run down there. It's like so amazing. I just ran straight up to this lady and I said the flight number. She said, yeah, yeah, you're good to go. And I was like, okay, and I just gave my bags over. And after five hours, this was amazing. I walked walked through security down towards my gate and I thought at this stage, it's 10 o'clock at night, I'm going home. You know, and so many, there'd been 30 flights had been cancelled. And uh, all I wanted to do was just be home at this point in time. Now I'm starving, I'm busting to go to the toilet, and I really need somewhere to charge my phone, right? And I find the toilet, that's sorted out, and I see there's, in the area I'm allowed in, there's literally one pub open. And so I just saw a beauty, like a steak, just steak, chips, maybe a beer, I'm going to sit there and just kill some time until my flight actually goes. And so, I went into this this pub, and already I could just taste the mushroom sauce. And I just thought, this is this is so good, Lord. This has worked out after all. This is fine. And I get to the counter, and I'm there waiting. And this lady comes up to me, and she goes, "Hey, just letting you know, we've just finished service." And I like I almost just I, I almost cried, like just in that, like just involuntary just like almost cried. And I thought, it's "Okay, Lord, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this." So I walked out of the pub and I thought, "Well, that's fine. That's fine. It's all good." And I see two vending machines right where my gate is. And so I think, "Great. Um, so I'm get chips. It is for dinner tonight, right?" So I I get to the vending machine. I choose my number and I go to pay. And uh, the machine just, like, does nothing. It's not taking my card. Okay, that's cool. I've got cash. So I, tr- I do it all again, put the cash in the thing, and it just comes straight back out at me. And I'm like, no! <laughs> so anyway, I keep it together. I go and find a place to charge my phone, and I'm watching these vending machines. The per- there's a person that comes straight after me, goes up, boom, 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 dink, and gets their chips out. And I'm just like, Lord, are you kidding me? Like, what is going on? Anyway, I think the vending machines got healed, so I went over, <laughs> and I tried again, and that time my stuff came out. So I had my pack of salt and vinegar chips. Anyway, then I'm standing there, and by this stage it's about eleven thirty at night. Uh, Still no idea. plane was meant to leave at 7.30, then it was meant to leave at 11 o'clock. Still no idea when this plane is actually leaving. And uh, I'm standing there and the weirdest thing's happening. Like people just start disappearing where I'm waiting for my plane at the gate. And one by one, all these people are disappearing and there's been no announcements, nothing. Uh, there's nothing you know, on that screen that you look at to check. And I'm like, what is going on here? Eventually, there's like 10 of us left in the gate. And we're all kind of looking at each other like, what is going on? Is there something we don't know about? Anyway, the gate had been changed. No one had been told. Somehow all these other people have worked it out. So I, I, just, I just thought, well, I've got to go find out what's going on. So I wandered down and then I see all the people that I've been waiting with for a very long time and uh, waiting at a different gate. So I wait at that gate. Eventually at 2 o'clock I got onto the plane and I was coming home. And I tell you what, I did a lot of grumbling in my spirit over that time. Like, I mean, we're talking about one day, we're talking about a few hours of time, but it was so easy to grumble. And try and try and try as I may, I tried to have a positive outlook and make the best of this situation, but it was hard. And there's, the truth is, there's, there's, there's situations that you were probably facing, and, and the reality is they're much more important than catching a plane. They're much more serious than that. There's probably greater consequences to them. And you're facing these situations, and right now it's easier for you to see what's not working out, what you, you can't be thankful for, than it is what you can be thankful for. That's the truth for so many of us. Sometimes it's seasons, and sometimes sometimes we are just good at grumbling, right? Some of us are better at grumbling than others. OK? If you're sitting next to a grumbler right now, like give him a nudge. Um, just so that they they can be listening to what we're talking about today. Some people are really good at it. Uh, I actually feel bad talking about this, okay, this next bit. This is actually a bit awkward for me. but, But last year, there was a name that Gen Z really drove to fame and not in a good way. And I just want to say, if we have any Karens in the room here today, I am sorry ahead of time. Actually, this morning, I did get around to a few Karens and just say, sorry, I'm going to talk about this. We love you. You're not one of those Karens. Uh, We don't have Karens at Hope Community. I want you to know that. But if you're not familiar with the term Karen, if you kind of missed out on this a little bit, let me explain, all right? Um, I was talking to one Karen who, who they were going to stage a walkout at this point in the message. I'm grateful that they haven't so far. I jumped online, I went to the Urban Dictionary. Um, Here's a bit of a definition for you. Karen is a pejorative term. I had to look that up. It means a word used to put someone down. Um, It's used in English-speaking countries for a woman perceived as entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is appropriate or necessary. Okay, stay with me. Just remember Karens, we love you. Um, A Karen is typically a middle-aged woman, uh, blonde, makes solutions to others' problems and inconvenience to her, although she isn't even remotely affected. Now, there's even an example on here, all right? Karen sues the local city council after they install a new stop sign that hides the sun from her window for two minutes a day. The sign was installed after a schoolboy on his bicycle was hit by a speeding driver and badly injured. Okay. Now, my wife's middle name is Karen and my kids enjoy telling her or reminding her very often when she is being a Karen. (laughs) Karen's are good at complaining. Um, Can we just say that we all know some Karen's? right? And Karen's do, they carry this sense of entitlement. And maybe, can we just say that, like maybe we're all a Karen at times. Uh, is, there, is anyone, is everyone cool with that? Maybe you're being a Karen today. I, maybe you've been a Karen today. I don't know. Karen's are good at complaining just like we all can be at times. And I want to jump to a passage Um this is in Exodus 16, and I just want to touch on this briefly. Um, but this is Israel, they've been on this journey. The Lord has set them free. And we jump in in Exodus 16. It says the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So, not too far into this journey. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now, the reason I shared this passage is because here are a group of people millions of people, and they are actually in the process of receiving what they had been praying for for hundreds of years. We know that 400 years they had cried out to the Lord and said, Father, will you set us free from being slaves in Egypt? God is literally in the process of doing that, and already they're saying we wish we were back there in slavery, right? And this is what we can all be like sometimes. Sometimes we even receive the things that we've been asking the Father for and because of challenge and because of change, we end up grumbling through the process. Can you imagine what that's like for the Lord? He's like, oh my goodness. I don't even know if he, maybe he even calls us a Karen. Like stop being a Karen. Dan, cut this out. But all of us can find our place ourselves in this place where we complain. And sometimes there are legitimate reasons, all right? In this context, they were complaining about not having food. And, you know, in his grace, the father actually hears their grumbles, he acknowledges them, and he actually brings relief to them. He supernaturally provides food for them. Now, there are some things in life that are just gratitude killers. And I want you to hear these this morning. I want you to actually think, any of these things that kind of sit in my heart. First of all, we've already talked about it, entitlement. Entitlement is a gratitude killer. It's hard for my wife to enjoy some flowers that I bring home to her if she just expects that that's what I should do. Anyway, entitlement is a gratitude killer. Comparison is a gratitude killer. Comparison is a joy thief. We receive something wonderful, and the joy is sucked out of it as soon as we compare it with something else. Busyness. Busyness kills gratitude. You know, life can get so busy at times that we actually don't have time to recognise what is going on or to stop and be grateful. Disappointment, gratitude killer. Disappointment covers a few different things. It covers perfectionism, unmet expectations. This is Israel in the desert. They're like, man, we've been praying to get free and now this is what it looks like us walking around the desert with no food, worry and anxiety, gratitude killer, worry and anxiety generally mean that you are living in fear of what is to come and it holds us captive and it robs us from joy in the present moment. It stops us from actually seeing what's happening in the moment. And some of us have a huge battle with one or more of the things on this list. Some of us are actually prone just to go in one of these directions as soon as something starts to get challenging in life. The good news today, and this is what I really want you to hear, is that a grateful spirit actually leads us into God's presence This is not just something that we say, hey, this is how we should be. There is a plan and a purpose for a lifestyle of gratitude. And this is what it looks like. I want to share a couple of things and just do a little bit of teaching in this. First of all, um, Psalm 100. Psalm 100 is this amazing passage on worship, on extravagant worship. And I want to pick out a couple of verses in here. Um, I believe it's verse uh, four and five, where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, if we actually take a good look at this, the word for gates is a Hebrew word and it describes the entry to a city or to a marketplace or a public meeting place. So I want you to picture um, a big open space. So just tuck that away. We enter his gates. We enter into the city or the marketplace, the open space with thanksgiving. Then it goes on. And the next word uh, for courts is a Hebrew word and it describes an enclosure or a home. So now I want you to picture somewhere much more intimate, much more personal. And here's what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is describing an actual process of worship where we move closer to God in worship. And the psalmist is saying that it's thanks that he's going to get us into the place where God is, and then it's praise that he's going to get us into his presence who's going to draw us closer. And so maybe you've actually seen this, like we base our worship pattern off this quite regularly or even at prayer meetings, we often start this way that we would say, we're gonna start with a time of thanksgiving. And we're gonna thank the Lord for all that he's done. And then after we do that, we kind of posture our hearts in that place and we say, now we're just gonna praise the Lord. And praising the Lord looks like declaring who he is and how good he is. It's like declaring out loud his goodness. And this is what we do as we come together and as we sing worship. But there's this process where thanksgiving is the first step. And if you you think to yourself, well, you know, that's a bit of a stretch. What's this look like? I want you to realise that this actually makes perfect sense. Because it is difficult for us to come into a place of worship. This morning is a perfect example. We come in and someone says, hey, we're going to sing these songs. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. And you're thinking, great, all right, I'm going to do that. In your heart, you know what? Sometimes the worship song sounds like, Lord, you know, I think you're good, but you're not that good because I'm really unhappy about this. And at the moment, you know, this is not going well. Praise Jesus, Cornerstone. And then like, you know, in your heart, there's still this grumble and you're like, you know, Lord, the neighbour got that new car and I'm driving a bomb and the neighbor's not even a Christian. Like, where's my favour, Lord? I'm singing about how good you are and you're like, yeah, pretty good. There's no no gratitude there, right? So can we understand that if we're going to worship in authenticity, gratitude is like this foundational space where what's about to come out of our heart and our mouths is actually coming from this place where we say, Lord, I actually believe that you are amazing. I'm so grateful for who you are, for what you're doing, and I'm going to worship you because of it. Let me take you to another passage real quick. Uh, Luke 17. Luke 17, starting at verse 11. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So let me point out a few things here. First of all, uh, leprosy was a contagious skin disease, um, highly contagious. And anyone with leprosy was actually required to live outside of community just to stay, to keep other people safe. And this was actually Old Testament law. It had been set up this way, way back in Leviticus. Um, And what would happen is that if people did come near to them, they were actually once again required to actually yell out, unclean, unclean, so that people would know that they had to keep their distance. What would happen on occasion is that the leprosy would actually uh, clear up or go into remission and there was a process of them actually re-entering community. And so if, if a leper thought that they uh, their leprosy was healed, then they would actually have to go to the priest. The priest would actually have to tell them, yes, you are now clean, and they could re-enter society. And so on this day, Jesus comes past these 10 men. And we don't actually read... We don't actually get to see what the interaction looked like. And we imagine that probably Jesus kept his distance from these lepers. But I wonder if in reality, maybe Jesus' heart broke for these men. And he saw them on the outskirts of society. I wonder if he even like got close to them. And on, on that day, they encountered Jesus. Jesus. This Jesus that they'd, been, they'd heard people talking about him. And here he was and he had compassion on them. And I wonder if he even laid hands on them and prayed for them <laughs> or just embraced them and said, I'm so sorry for how hard this has been. But what we know is that Jesus then sent them to the priest. And the scripture is clear that it was in the going that these men were healed So they weren't healed in the moment. Jesus said, well, now that you've been healed, go to the priest. It says that in the going, they were healed. So they went in faith to see the priest. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So one out of 10 lepers came back to thank God. And the one that did was actually a Samaritan, which he was probably the least likely out of all of them to come back because of tension between Samaritans and Jews. And here's a thought, you might have had this thought. Maybe you were thinking, well, maybe the other nine were actually thinking, well, once they see the priest, then they'll go back and thank God and just, you know, spend some time with Jesus in that space. And I was thinking about that too. Here's what I take from the passage when it comes to gratitude, don't wait. When it comes to gratitude, It needs to be our first response. That this leper, he was on his way. As soon as he realised he'd been healed, he turned around and went back to Jesus. And so here's how this plays out. Ten people received healing and freedom on that day, but only one of them got to celebrate it in the presence of Jesus. And I was thinking about this and I I really wrestled with this. I spent time just saying, Holy Spirit, is, is, is there more revelation in this? Is this as simple as us reading this passage and, and saying, well, I guess Jesus wants us to be like the one. Let's be grateful. Is it that simple, Lord? And you know what I saw as I was praying about this and wrestling with this? Is that every day across the world, people are receiving from the Lord. They're receiving good things. People are receiving healing. People are receiving freedom. The Lord is at work in his goodness. And every day people are receiving from the Lord. But you know what? It's his children who actually see that this is from the Lord who turn around and respond in gratitude. It is the sign of followers of Jesus as those who say, I see this good And I know where it comes from. That's the difference. I was looking at this um, online, and did you know science and psychology uh, actually back up the positive effects of gratitude? There's no argument about how powerful gratitude is. There's research that says this gratitude helps eliminate toxic emotions. Gratitude improves physical health and reduces pain. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude aids in stress regulation, reduces aggression, reduces anxiety and depression. It improves self-esteem and increases mental health. Don't you love it when science catches up with God's will? This is God's desire for us, for everyone to be in this place. And if you want to honour God with your life, and if you want to know the fullness of all He has for you, then you will need to embrace and cultivate this lifestyle of gratitude. Here's what it looks like in the spiritual. Being grateful to God is the awareness that He is the source of everything good in our life and it kills self-sufficiency. Gratitude produces humility in us and it kills pride. Gratitude is like a funnel with joy and peace and hope being poured down the funnel. Gratitude positions us in a constant posture of worship, ready to praise and give thanks. Gratitude helps us experience God's presence in the moments, something we can so easily miss. Gratitude will not only transform a community but it will transform you and your relationship with Jesus. And maybe today is the day where we just need to start looking at all the things we have just to be thankful for and just start in that place. You know, online, there are all these journals you can buy. They're literally called gratitude journals because people have realised the power of gratitude they give them to people who have bad uh, health diagnosis, they they give them to all sorts of people in different situations and they say just start listing all the things that you are grateful for, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, just start listing these things and watch what's gonna happen. We wanna see what happens in our spirit as we do that. I'm gonna finish up here and uh, I wanted to finish today with some gratitude. Now, I have to put the disclaimer out. This is not going to cover everyone, all right? So just be thankful with me this morning, okay? But if you are here this morning and if you have ever come to a prayer meeting in our church, then I want to say thank you. Thank you. We're a praying church and we believe that's where God does some of his best stuff if you are here this morning and you have ever welcomed someone new, then thank you. Maybe you're about to do that right after this time. But we love it when people are welcomed into this house. If you are here this morning, this is just a few of the things, and you vacuumed, I oh, deep heartfelt thank you to you. If you packed up chairs, if you've made coffee, if you have cleaned toilets, then this morning we want to say thank you to you. If you are here this morning and you've ever invited someone for a meal in your home, thank you. Thank you for welcoming people. Thank you for opening your home. If you are here this morning and you've ever done anything that has inconvenienced you or stretched you to bless someone else, thank you. If you are here this morning and you have ever prayed for someone or encouraged someone across a Sunday, thank you. That's the culture we want to build in this house. Thank you for what you bring. Can I get you to jump on your feet? I'm going to finish and pray for us this morning. Well, Father, this is another message where we can take this as obligation, Lord, and another thing just to put on our to-do list as we leave today, Father, that we need to be more thankful, that we should have more gratitude. But Father, we really want to pray this morning, Lord, that You are at work in our hearts, God that this is an outworking of what You're doing in us as we seek You, Father, as we surrender our lives to You, Father, that our eyes are then opened, that our heart is transformed, Lord. And the result is we end up as people of gratitude, Father. And I do wanna pray this morning, Lord, I know that there are people in this room who are just in really genuine seasons of challenge where things actually are hard, where there are things they can legitimately grumble about, Father, and maybe it's difficult for them to see the things to be grateful for. And Lord, we just pray Your hand, Your grace on them this morning. Holy Spirit, we just pray Your comfort with them. And we just thank You, Lord, that even in that place, just as we saw with Israel, that You have grace, Father, that You hear us still and You respond to us, Father because of your heart for us, Lord. I pray for this house and this community, Lord, that we'd be a people who are marked by gratitude, Father, that this would be a culture that will be built, Lord, that it will be contagious, that as we gather together, the things that we're grateful for just roll off our tongue, Father, that there's no stopping us when it comes to telling you how grateful we are for all that you're doing, Lord. And so let it come in this house, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.